the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are forgiven. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful, and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil, and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, shower heavens from above. 
let us pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and come and help us by your might, that the sins which weigh us down may be quickly lifted by your grace and mercy. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first lesson for the fourth Sunday in Advent is written in the fifth book of Moses, known as Deuteronomy, chapter 18. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. For this is what you asked the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God, nor see this great fire anymore or we will die. The Lord said to me, what they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers. I will put my words in his mouth, and he will tell them everything I have commanded him. If anyone does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name, I myself will call him to account. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. The second lesson is written in St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. 
Finally, they said, Who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert, Make straight the way for the Lord. Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of the Lord.
He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with you all. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Jesus is coming. Very soon now. Lord is near, the apostle says. Prepare to receive him. But we've been beating that drum for weeks now. Aren't you a little tired of it? Couldn't we just move on and get right to Christmas finally? After all, it's, it's so close. We're just about there, right on, right on the edge. It's almost the end of Advent. Jesus is coming. He's so near. In fact, in our gospel for today, he's already there. It is the very next day that Jesus is going to make his grand entrance into John's gospel there on the banks of the Jordan. It's the last day of Advent. And John says, he's near. He stands among you. That's how close he is. But you don't know him. If Jesus comes and, and we don't know him, well, what was the point of Advent? And what's the point of Christmas, or really anything else for that matter? The expectations were high in Jesus' day. John was out there stirring up the people with his preaching like one of those prophets from the Old Testament. But who is this guy? He didn't have official sanction from the, the Sanhedrin. He hadn't been to their seminary. He, he was a Levite and the son of a priest, but he didn't follow the practices of the priests and the Levites. People were starting to talk. Like, maybe this guy is the Messiah or thinks he is? Or a prophet like Elijah? Or maybe he's the prophet like Moses? Who is he? Was he legit? Should we listen to him? Who are you, baptizer? Who gave you the right to preach and to baptize like this? And yet it seems that people were more, they were more concerned with what people were saying and about his person than they were even concerned about anything that John said. He answered them, I am not the Christ. Who are you, they asked again. He says, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. But they weren't much interested in the scriptures from the prophet Isaiah. Don't quote the Bible to us. Give us an answer. We have a job to do. He says, among you stands one you do not know. Someone greater. In other words, he's the Messiah. But did you notice after he says that, they don't, they don't ask him a single question about the Messiah. The one that they had actually been waiting for for centuries, they can't be bothered with. Tell us who you are. Don't bother us with, with Jesus or the Bible. All the religiosity, all the proper protocol, all the tradition, Jesus, the long-awaited Savior, stands among them. He's coming to the Jordan tomorrow. But all they're interested in is who John is and why is he baptizing. 
this fall when I had a call to Nebraska. I got an email from the pastor who baptized me. He's still serving there down there in Nebraska in retirement. I met him once, a long time ago. And I have to admit, I was a little disappointed. I, it, perhaps I had built up an image of him in my head, the man who baptized me. I knew his name, knew nothing else. I saw him and just didn't live up to what I had imagined, I guess. I wouldn't be surprised if those I baptized have the same disappointment, and any others, for that matter. People may think, who is this guy, who is this guy, and what business does he have doing this work at all? What is he? Elijah, a prophet? Who does he think he is? Whose idea was it for, for him to think that he can forgive my sin, which is really no business of his? He must think something of himself. Wear special clothes and speak for God and collect our petitions and, and all of that. No, I am not the Christ. John says, I am a voice of one crying in the desert, make straight the way of the Lord. Who are you, the servant of the Lord? All servants of the Lord say, well, nothing really. Just a voice. So it's no coincidence that the pastor's vestments cover everything on him except for his head and his hands. What is he? He is a voice to speak. And he has hands to carry out what Jesus has given him to do. So whose idea was it? Whose authority? Jesus. But among you, Near you, in your very midst, stands one you do not know. You run the risk of missing Jesus. You see, that's what John's whole job is, to lead people to Christ. The priests and the Levites aren't interested. They have jobs to do. They have church jobs, even. They want to know whether they should listen to John or not, but in their minds, whether they listened to him or not had nothing to do with Christ, and it had nothing to do with the Scriptures. Here we are, right at the edge of Christmas. And Jesus is so near. I mean, it is Christmas after all, and, and we all want to keep Christ in Christmas. But in reality, Christmas, even for many Christians, becomes little more than an obligation. A duty, a custom, and a tradition. It's, it's like this cost cultural and maybe churchly errand that you've been sent on at this time of year. It gets you so close to Jesus. But you really just need to give an answer to those who sent you. Everyone needs a present. Everyone's having a party. The kids have words to learn and recite. And you know we've always done this. We have these traditions that we have to maintain. And we really want it to be just like it was when we were a kid. But we should probably go to church, too. I hope it's pretty, and the music is nice, and the preacher's interesting. And among you stands one you do not know. You can get so close at Christmas time, but you don't know him. If you do not hear the Advent voice of John the Baptist, among you stands one you do not know. 
even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. You can get so close to Jesus. You could stand by his manger. You could spot him from across the Jordan. You could even stand at the foot of his cross. But if you don't hear the word of the baptizer, you'll miss him. Jesus said that John the Baptist was the greatest man ever born of woman. So, so if the greatest man ever isn't even worthy of untying Jesus' shoes, where do you think you rank? Somewhere, I suspect, below the Virgin Mary herself, who sang of her own unworthiness to be called the mother of our Lord, not worthy to bear and nurse this child. But she did. Where do you rank next to the shepherds, who almost certainly had done nothing to merit the opportunity to be serenaded by seraphs and to be the first to worship the newborn Christ? Where do you rank alongside even the thief on the cross, who admitted his unworthiness? and asked to be remembered in Jesus' King. From the greatest to the least, you are unworthy of the Jesus who is lying in a manger. The, the Jesus who lived among us, the Jesus who ate with sinners, the Jesus who wept with compassion, the Jesus who carried our sorrows, and the Jesus who bled and died on a Roman Unworthy to untie his sandals. And yet, counted worth saving. For the very day after John's interrogation by the Jews, Jesus comes to the Jordan. And the one who wasn't even worthy to untie his sandals is asked to baptize Jesus. The Jews wanted to know who authorized John to baptize. It was Jesus who authorized him. And it's Jesus who comes to our own unworthy children, our own unworthy children of wrath, and washes them with his word and promise and makes them his own in holy baptism. They're not worthy. And the baptizer sure isn't worthy. And even though the water is wiped from the forehead and then later on poured into the ground, Jesus' word, Jesus' promise to the baptized, to you, remains forever. And that is how he stands near you. That is how he keeps his promise of the prayer, keeps and answers the prayer we pray at Christmas, be near me, Lord Jesus. I ask you to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. John did not fail to confess Jesus. When he saw Jesus, he pointed to him and he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Look. Behold. Jesus is near. He's right here, John says. Look close enough to the world. He is close enough to the world 
to bear the world's sins. And he's close enough to you to take your every unworthiness away. And even today, Jesus stands among you. He stands at the door and knocks. He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. The Lord is near, very near. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. I dare say Jesus is never nearer to you when you sing those words and sit at table with Jesus and receive into your own body his own flesh and blood. For at this table you don't untie Jesus' sandals, but he washes your feet. He serves you. He comes to you. He, whom the sea and wind obey, comes down to serve the sinner in great meekness. For God's own Son with us is one and joins us and our children in our weakness. We're almost there. The Lord is near. The feast of the Nativity of our Lord, the Christmas, is just around the corner. Jesus is coming. He comes to unworthy sinners. Get ready. Rejoice. Receive him. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all heart, all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, maker of
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, as we conclude this Advent season, keep our hearts and minds focused on your incarnate Son, who continues to tabernacle among us through his holy word and sacraments. And guide us by your Holy Spirit that we might remain steadfast in the faith until his coming on the clouds in glory on the last day. Lord, in your mercy, God of faithfulness, we rejoice that you fulfilled your promise to send the Messiah. Grant that your people may celebrate the birth of Christ by hearing the word, singing your praises, and receiving his holy supper. Lord, in your mercy, God of justice, you establish earthly government and teach us to obey those who rule over us. Send your blessing upon all who make, administer, and judge our laws, that your people may serve you in peace. Lord, in your mercy. God of mercy, we are thankful for all those whose vocations call them to care for us in our time of need, including law officers, firefighters, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Keep them in your providential care and bless them in their duties. Lord, in your mercy. God of compassion, you teach us to make our requests known to you so that we are not anxious about anything. Send your healing hand upon the sick and the suffering. Grant that your peace will guard them in Christ Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. God, with us in the Blessed Sacrament, we receive the true body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of our sins. Grant that all who come to your altar this day do so in repentance and faith for the forgiveness of their sins and confidence of their salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, whose way John the Baptist prepared, proclaiming him the promised Messiah, the very Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, and calling sinners to repentance, that they might escape the wrath to be revealed when he comes again in glory. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Christ through you all things have their 
all things were created, and through you all things have their purpose. You judged the world through water, but saved believing Noah and the church with the same righteous blood. With water you rescued Israel from slavery, destroying her enemy in the Red Sea, and led her through the Jordan River into the Promised Land. You spoke through the prophets, ruled through the kings, and mediated through the priests on behalf of your people, until it was time for your blessed passion, the sacrifice of the true Lamb of God. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Jesus Christ, you did not turn away from the stroke of justice we deserved, but absorbed its blow only to rise three days later. As you promised your apostles, so comfort us with the knowledge that you have ascended into heaven to prepare eternal bliss for us, and rule all things in our favor that we may carry out your Pentecost command to preach the gospel to all nations. Taught by our Lord and trusting in his promise, we are bold to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
O God the Father, source of all goodness, in your loving kindness you sent your Son to share our humanity. We thank you that through him you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We also pray that you will not forsake us, but will rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, so that we willingly serve you day after day. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.